All right, folks. That's it. We're live. Boom. It's been a while. Yeah. So long that Ethan forgot how to set up the going live. And oh, that's why we're a little now. late. Oh, come on now. He really did. Didn't forget. Just set it up wrong. <laughs> I pushed the wrong button. Okay. It's uh, it's literally been... Uh, eh, it's not the first time or the last time I'll push the wrong button. I'm sure of it. Hiya. Everybody's starting to check in. That's what we like to see. As always, give us the old... Check-ins, where you from, what you've been doing. We want to know where you're from. Where's everybody listening from? Hey, we got somebody tuning in for their first Yawa. First Yawa ever. Heck yeah. That's fantastic. Hello from California. And this is episode 70. Seven zero. That's a lot. That's a lot of episodes. And y'all been here a long time. Checking in from New Jersey. Kelly, Mac, 14-year-old, 14-month, 14-year-old Jackson. We'll be happy when he's 14 years old, right, Kelly? Uh, Boston, Mass. Heck yeah. Sweet. We've got some folks tuning in. It's probably sending out some notifications now. First Yawa as well from East Tennessee. That's cool. I love cool. it. I love it. I'm going to do More a More Tennesseans. Little... Missoula, Montana. <laughs> Kansas. Heck yeah. Let's see. Another... This is my first Yawa. Hey, I like it. I like it a lot. This is a good one to be tuning in for because we are doing a giveaway. Giveaway. Yeah. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means we're giving you stuff. That is our goal. This is one of the things, okay? We've done a lot of stuff with Yawa, and I appreciate all of y'all that have stuck out and kind of put up with our, what are they going to do next, right? But... Um, Trying to find what works for us and our audience and... Our family. Our family. being here, our family. Yeah. Okay, so um, what we've moved to is once a month, all right? Little boys are are taking the time that they deserve, right? Yeah. That's it. But that's it. It's family time, okay? So what we're setting aside is one... Yawa a month. One Yawa a month will be live and... For that, we wanted to make it bigger. Grab that right off the bat. I want to show everybody. So this is the giveaway. Now, for everybody that is watching after the fact, okay, um, this is a DT Systems Wrap 1400 in camo. Freaking awesome. That lab on the box, stud muffin, right? Loving it. Package designed by yours truly, Brian Lasley. I'm not yours truly. I don't know why I said it that way. Um, the one and only there, that I've ever met, Brian Lasley. Oh, we got lots of check-ins here. Freaking love it. We got Texas. Uh, are we giving bourbon away? Not yet. I'm still working on that. Okay. Harrison, Wisconsin. There's a lot of uh, laws hoops. and hoops to jump through. We're just looking for loops to jump through. <laughs> See what I did there? Okay. So, um, long story short, we're doing one a month. We're going to be giving away something every month. This month, specifically e-collar. Next month, and we'll talk about this again later, but next month it'll be another cool one. The med kit, just so you're a little prepared. Our med kit on our website, that's what we'll be giving away. And how we're going to do this, I want everybody to know, right off the bat, we're going to talk all the cat. Your hair is very cute. Thank you. Ethan, you know, the usual support and represent here. Um, what we're going to be doing, it is, what What was the email exactly? Yawa giveaway. Yawa giveaway. gmail.com. Yawa giveaway at gmail.com. I'm going to throw that in here as a public chitty chatty. Yawa, G-I-V-E-W-A-Y. Give. No. Nope. 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 There's an extra letter in there. I missed. A-W-A-Y. A-W-A-Y. At, at gmail.com. 
And this will be the giveaway Official giveaway email. email. Mm-hmm. And it's for you all that are listening live. So we will be picking one winner by the end of this, Yawa. Um, so Ethan just posted that. I don't know. Can you pin it to the top so it's uh, easy for people to find? Yes. I hit the three buttons right here. And then I go to... Pin, pin message. message. So he's going to pin that at the top. You guys can start <clears throat> shooting over emails. Um, include your name. In the subject, very importantly here, right? Yes. In the subject line, we just want your first name, last initial, or you can use your um, YouTube YouTube tag, whatever, just something so we can recognize you. Now, the ticket is you got to be present. We're going to give it away when we finish up. It happens after questions. So the layout is announcements like we're doing now. Then we're going to move into a little chit-chat topic, which is why it says hunting season prep. I want to talk about what we're doing for that. And then we move into questions, right? Questions come from you all. We don't have any ads monetization on this because y'all have been so good about super chats. Now, super chats are the order in which we start answering questions. So if you have a question, you want us to get to it, super chat that up. I'm going to briefly go through these rules as we go along again for the folks that are checking in later and everything else. But Super Chats will be first. Then we'll pull from additional questions till everybody's like, we're tired of looking at you. And then everybody's gone. Then we do the giveaway, which we won't run it too long. It's going to be about 90 minutes unless we have a ton of people still asking questions, which you may have them because it's been a month since we've seen y'all. But that's pretty much it. This we will be giving. It will ship out tomorrow. DT Systems, wrap 1400. What you're going to do is just type an email. It's got to come sometime during the, the live chat. So that's 7 to whenever we finish. And then we'll do a random generator. It's going to be chronological order. So it doesn't really matter. It's completely random. Just get your email in there with the subject line and your name. We'll announce the winner is. And as long as you're here, then we'll say... This is what you do to get your collar. All right. Does that make sense? Anybody have any questions? Throw them down there. We'll grab them as we go. And uh, I think we're going to jump right into some announcements. Does that sound good? Yep. First and foremost, sweetheart, what do you have rocking over there beside you? I'm going to be partaking of a Cayman Jack Cuban Mojito. We actually had a client friend bring these out because he knows that I like to drink He's checked like in this. here. I saw that already. Oh. He did, and um, he stopped by to say hi. Ethan got a chance to photograph some really cute Vex puppies, and Uh those will be posted really soon. Yeah, Um, tomorrow or the next day. So he brought beverages, so appreciate Uh it. Thank you. And I've got uh, something a little... Well, that didn't peel the wax. Um, I've got something a little bit different. This is called Red Cabin. Thank you, Thistles, for this... uh, well, I'm, I'm going to thank you, but we're going to see how big the thank you is after we try it. So <laughs> the story on this one was um, he tried it and said, this is really good. I should get one for Ethan. And then um, ask his wife to pick one up. And then she said, I had to go pick a second up because by the time we made it back down, he had drank that one as well because it was so good. So <laughs> hopefully we have a, a similar taste palette and it says American bourbon whiskey rested 
rested, mind you, in Cabernet casks. So that's really original. I've never seen anything in Cabernet. Now, the fact that it was rested, I don't see specifics, but I'm guessing the fact that they didn't say aged means that it wasn't in there for very long. Subject line, you're just going to put your name in the subject line of the email. You can type it again in the main um, text area of the email, but you're emailing yawagiveaway at gmail.com and the subject line would be your name. We're going to do a random generator to pick somebody based on when the emails came through. Get the e-collar. Yes. So don't start sending emails or trying to do things through the comments here because not in the comments. that's not how we're going to pick. We're going to pick via the emails. And then what are you sipping that out of, dear? Okay. That's a funny you might ask. Mm-hmm. That's where I was going next. We're going to set you over here for a second. We're going to let this open up. Look at this little thing. It's really cute, first of all. And it's like halfway between I want to be a glass and I want to be a Glen Karen. And that is got a fat bottom so it doesn't feel like it's just going to like crumble in my hand. And you can roll it around a little bit, which you can't do with my other little glasses that I like so much. But these, um, with the Glen Karens, I always go, I always feel like I have to tip it way, way up to get to the actual liquid because it's got the bigger bowl, the smaller mouth. This, I don't even know what it's called. What is it called? It's called a something. A neat glass. It's, it is, well, it's this neat a- is just the, I will get the name of this, but this was a, a gift from a buddy. Hopefully you are watching. Maybe you're not watching. Um, well, he so, just dropped his dogs off, so he's probably maybe he's not watching since he's, maybe he's driving. <laughs> Thank maybe. you, Tyler, maybe, maybe. for the glasses. I really appreciate it. We're gonna see how they how they drink as we let this bad boy open up. All right, what else have we got for folks? We've got a lot of stuff to talk about to uh, talk at you. So something that I wanted to mention. Um, is we have another upcoming seminar. We just had one this last weekend. I saw Greg uh, checked in and he was there, which was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Greg, how are you? But we're having another one in September, September 18th and 19th. There are only a couple of spots left. Uh, This one is filled up a little bit faster. And I think that might be because it's had more time to be promoted as well as it's prepping for the hunt test season and getting people, or not hunt test season, excuse me, hunting season. Uh, So that is September 18th and 19th. You can find the details about it on our online store, standingstonesupply.com. If you just search seminars, it'll pop right up there. So if you want to come see us. Seminars. Get a little bit of info. We kind of customize our seminars based on the needs of the people that are here. 100%. Um, And it involves a lot of hands-on activity with the dogs, a lot of demo work, a lot of um, interacting with the dogs that are here and the clients that are here, and then some Q&A. But mostly it's the goal of each seminar is to get the dogs there as far as we can in the amount of time that we have with them. Um, obviously every dog can only accomplish so much and then also help you learn as much as you can to take that knowledge home and continue moving forward with your training goals and plans with your dog. It's about you learning how to train dogs. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Okay. So my version was a lot wordier, but it meant the same thing. It does. (laughs) But just, I mean, the seminar is not about you, you get to watch Ethan or cat train your dog for a few hours it's, we'll help, we'll step in, we'll give direction, we'll point you in the right 
Direction. Direction. And then it's about you getting to handle. And there's been um, quite a few folks that have come out and they're like, man, I've never expected to learn this much. I learned a ton. And that's because we also incorporate you get to watch everybody else. So many seminars end up being this thing where it's like a guy that stands up there and demos with a dog that's already done it. And you go, okay, cool. I don't I really don't think I learned anything. Yep. So we'll do as much as your dog can handle without pushing them to the max. Um, but helping you get the most out of it as possible. Now this glass cat, you were right. It is literally just called. <gasps> What was that, guys? Neat glass. What, what, what was that? I'm pretty sure that Ethan just said, cat, you were right. It's still pulling. I got it. There you go. There. Oh, there it goes. I don't know. It's pulling focus off your face. So let's put it right next to your face. Neat glass. It is by... Um, Cheers? It says... It said something else here. Here you go. If you want to check it out, aged and and or... Aged, A-G-E-D-A-N-D-O-R-E dot com. Aged and or dot com. And or. O-R-E. So yep. aged and or. Mm-hmm. I put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Sorry. Um, again, we're getting questions. Just saying email at the top there. Just send an email in there. Your name in the subject line that gets you entered in for the e-collar today. We'll draw at the end of the show. You've got to be present to win. All right, what do we got next? Next, if you didn't already know, which hopefully if you're here and you are subscribed to our channel, you have helped us reach this goal, but drum roll, please. We have reached 100,000 subscribers, and that is a huge thank you to you guys. Absolutely it is, and we're going to do something really cool. So I don't know if anybody knows this. You may not be huge YouTubers, but uh, essentially YouTube rewards you with like a... It's better than a Happy Meal toy, okay? It is. But uh, they give you a laser engraved. Essentially, they're called play buttons, and they have different levels. We're at the bottom level, baby level, but still a huge achievement of hitting 100,000 subscribers. They give us the silver play button. has our channel inscribed on it. It says YouTube, and they're really freaking cool. Um, And we're really excited to get it. We are. Ours is supposed to show up in one to two weeks. They said, I've already ordered it. Everything's good to go. All that stuff is in play. And when we get it, we're going to show it off and say, huzzah, thank you to everybody. And in that, we're going to do a video. So be on the lookout for that. There may be some really cool stuff that happens. Because we want to say thank you to you guys. Uh Uh-huh. Because that's the only way we got here. Imagine what that could mean. Imagine. And then last but not least in the least is we want to talk about the DT Dream Hunt. I don't know if you guys follow along on any of our social media. The DT Dream Hunt? What? What is that? Yes. If you don't follow along on social media through Facebook or Instagram, that is okay. You can still enter to win by following along on YouTube. Uh, Ethan has a video that he put together on our channel. Uh, Pretty basic. Just tells the things. All right. The DT Dream Hunt being... You guys get an opportunity to enter to win to... with this guy in South Dakota on all wild birds, wild pheasants. Um, the drawing is the closing of entries is the 23rd of September. The winner will be announced the 25th of September. And the hunt is 
October 24th through the 26th. You can find all of the details on standingsupply.com. Standingstonesupply.com slash DT Dream Hunt. It's that easy. It's that easy. I'll throw that in here too. I won't pin it, but it'll be here. Okay. So you guys can find it. Uh, You can also find it from our website and social media and that sort of thing. But you can enter to win. There's other really cool packages too. There's a grand prize, which includes the hunt and a one-year Onyx Maps subscription, as well as you get to hunt with this guy. And then second place includes a year supply of Yukonuba dog food, a gunner crate, a whole bunch of awesome gear from Standing Stone Supply, and another year (laughs) subscription to Onyx Maps. And then the third place is... Traeger Grills is donating a tailgater grill. Yeah, with the, it folds up so you can cook right on the tailgate. Literally it on the tailgate, mm-hmm. yeah. And then all of the accessories that you need to have a fun grilling experience and an Onyx Map subscription. So, did I miss anything? I think you pretty much nailed it, baby. Nailed it. So, mm-hmm. pretty exciting. Uh, I am half jealous that you guys all get to go hunt with this guy. I will be home holding down the fort with the babies, but I'm hoping to get up there to hunt very shortly after your guys' dream hunt. So then let's talk. Let's get everybody to check in real quick because this is going to be really fun. How do I how do I see this part? Fix that. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Distractions. Okay. okay. I want you guys to put in the comments what hunting trip you guys are the most excited for, for yourselves, whether that's your first trip of the year, a middle trip of the year, last trip of the year, a certain species that you're going to get to hunt, put it in the comments. Cause we have some hunts that we're really excited about this year and we want to share those with you, but I want to see where you guys are hunting this year. Let's see here. Shelter belt, love hey, South Dakota, East that river, is really good places to find birds. So you're saying you hunt South Dakota east of the Big River? Is that what you're saying? We got a check-in from Belle Plaine. Just happened. That's fantastic. Hello, Steve. All right. Well, we're waiting for... We're, we're wanting to read through this with you guys. So as we see... Okay, Arizona Merns. They're starting to come in. Um, we just bopped over here. Instagram. Hello, folks. In case you didn't know, we are on the YouTube live. Right now, you can go over YouTube.com and then Standing Stone Channels, stand, Standing Channel Stones, um, Standing Stone Kennels Channel, and that'll be the top video that pops up is us live right now. So if you aren't here, um, you're missing out on opportunity to win an e-collar tonight and then listen to chat with us. Bop over if you got time. We'll see you in a minute. Northern Minnesota, right, Colorado Elk in 2023. Awesome. Kansas deer hunt. Nice. Where are you hunting in Kansas, Greg? New teal season here in Minnesota. Oh, heck yeah. First of the year, you're going to South Dakota. Whoop, whoop. And that's your first time to South Dakota ever, it looks like. And a first hunting season with Jaeger. That'll be really fun. Absolutely. Jaeger's doing a a really nice job. He'll be ready for it. And birds make a bird dog. Every hunt I get to take my 10-year-old on in Southern California, Chucker and Gamble's Quell. That's awesome. 10 years old is getting up there. I don't know if you can see Nick's here. I don't know. Can he? Can they see Nick's? Mm, probably not. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can. Nick's are here. He is nine. He'll be ten in March. So uh, definitely love having these old guys along with us. What other questions or comments do we have? This is. You guys are going really fast. Um, first trip ever with my dog Odin, and you train them yourself. That's really awesome. Uh, That's really quite awesome. an accomplishment, and it's really fun to get those dogs out and hunt with them. Aberdeen, South Dakota, Montana Mountain, Mountain Grouse opener. Cool. Uh, Minnesota, Northern Kansas, near at near Axtell for pheasant hunting. Which dog is that? That's Nix. He's buzzing around. Grandpa was somewhere as well. Um, typically, when we're a little distracted like this with Yawa, we don't let a lot of dogs out at once, and definitely not some of the young ones because mm, they take no. advantage of our distraction. 100% they do. They know. And it sets them up for naughtiness. So Grandpa's probably sleeping on the couch, actually. Home state for quail this year. Michigan sharp tails. Eastern side. Um, wish you had a runnings in Michigan. Honkers in September. Chucker Huns and Quail, Idaho and Oregon. Grand Slam of Quail in Arizona, Scaled Gambles and Merns. You see this one? Uh, pheasant hunting on I, Maui. I couldn't pronounce the Ulupalakua. Ulupalakua. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're so totally I skipped butchered it. that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I can't pronounce that. Maui. Yeah. I could pronounce that. The big island. I don't know if it's the big island. One of the islands. It's not none of the islands are very big. So Hawaii, <laughs> I mean, really, they aren't. They're it's like a spot right there next to Alaska, right? Right. <laughs> right. All right. Inside jokes. Um Poodle Pointer Pippin. Opening oh, ducks yeah. in Montana. Woodcock in October in New York and Vermont. Okay, cool. we got uh, Goose Duck Sandhill Cranes in Central Alberta, Canada. Canada's uh, that early season waterfowl stuff's a bucket list for me. I don't know if y'all have ever seen the ca- uh, Cole Townsend on the gram. Okay, he refers to himself as a uh, public figure. We gave him a bunch of crap about that. I got to hunt with him. He's a nice guy. He does a has a guide service that he runs up in. Um, Canada offered, uh, invited, I guess I have to pay my way or whatever, invited, not offered anything, invited me to come up and Peter, because we hunted with him in Arkansas. And I said, that sounds fantastic. When do we go? And he said, September. And I went, that's right. I don't have time to plan that this year. Sorry. So another time, right? It's amazing how bad the month of September sucks and is amazing all at the same time. Because I want to do all the things, right? September, the month of September never sucks. Well, first of all, if anybody knows why Cat doesn't think the month of September sucks at all ever, throw it in there and I'll give you three minutes to guess. Um, but there's elk hunting, there's opener for grouse, there's dove, there's opener for deer here in Kansas, alligator hunting in Louisiana opens. Then also grouse everywhere pretty much opens in September, whether that's Montana, South Dakota, Nebraska, it's pretty much all, uh, yeah, teal, teal season is early there. Um, all of the things happen. 
and it's like, oh, 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 oh. Also, kind of the tail end of the fishing up north happens. September was another, like, it's just it. Uh, You got it. Y'all got it. It's her birthday. Yeah, her birthday month. She claims the whole thing, I I do not claim the whole thing at all. Mm. One day, and I'm lucky, lucky, if you're not gone hunting. Uh, I don't do that to you very often-ish. Kids aren't in school yet, so. Yeah, kids are gone to school. Huzzah! I Not wish. Yet. Yeah, we got a few years yet no, before that. No, we love them, but definitely um, they uh, are a lot. We can love them and be excited for them to be gone for a short period of time. Yes. I mean, yes, it's just we do. part of it. So, all of that being said, um, it sounds like y'all have some really cool haunts planned. Uh, our, by I mean our, I mean me and the dog's first trip is in September. We're going like the 20th-esque, and I'm going up to South Dakota. It's going to be partially scouting preseason stuff because i got a big season full of guiding. I want to have a, a heads up on <laughs> Virgos are nuts. Hey, preach, Kelly, everybody. Now I know why. It's just because she's a Virgo, huh? <laughs> oh. Moving on. Yeah. Okay. Um, the South Dakota, though, I'm going to go up to the winter area. That's where... I guide, have the property up there for that, and we're going to grouse hunt. There's always a ton of grouse, and by the time we get up there in October, they're usually, we've had enough of a cold snap that they start to group up pretty good. Earlier season stuff, smaller, they're more in their, um, they called lex with grouse, maybe? I don't know small groups, if you will, and the young dumb birds are there and we can work them with dogs, get on them. And I've got a local guy that said, I really want to watch your dogs work on this. I'll help get you on birds and we'll go have fun. So I'm going up for that. And Adam may be in here, maybe not. And Peter are going to join me. So it'll be the three of us. And the doggos. And the doggos up there. A grouse, a hunting no. And we'll do some videos. Uh, Guy with the Pink Gun channel. We're going to have videos on traveling. Uh, anything that's more hunting dog health related things that you could benefit from, from a essentially training standpoint, those will still stay on Standing Stone Kennel's channel. Um, but then like vlogs of screwing around and hunting and Guide having fun and, and that kind of stuff. Following me, what I'm doing essentially, that's not just educational. That all falls into the Guy with the Pink Gun, which right now has some pigeon stuff in it because we're hot and heavy in the old pigeon training racing stuff about to move in hunting season. So those of you that are tired of pigeons, hang on for just another little bit and it'll be over for about six months or so. And it'll be all focused on hunting, hunting and shooting and guiding and hunting and hunting. So, um, speaking, no oh. one has asked yet, but this is delicious. So a couple things. It has a dryer cab after, and there's no, um, it's really smooth, which happens to be part of the fact that uh, it's 42.5% alcohol by volume, which is 85 proof. So 85 proof is a little bit lighter proof, which I'm okay with. I'm not a huge high proof guy, and this is good. I understand why his extra bottle just disappeared because I don't believe that this one will have a hard time doing that. <laughs> just poof, it disappeared, huh? I don't know what happened. So talking about hunting and hunting season and hunting trips, 
That brings us to our topic of the night, which is hunting season prep. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that goes into hunting season prep, not only for your dog, but for yourself. And that's uh, something that Ethan has been taking very seriously because he feels like he was a little uh, behind the boat, shall we say, last season and suffered because of it. He didn't get his butt in shape. No, ma'am. And so he's been doing Mm -hmm. a lot, a -hmm. lot, a lot, a lot of running, as well as the time that he spends in the field walking. But um, the miles that he puts on while guiding, and if you were going hunting um, yourselves, especially depending on your type of career and lifestyle, with the sense of, you know, if you sit at a desk and you're not out training dogs on the regular, you may be suffering as well if you don't start moving your body a little bit more. So getting in shape um, as well as breaking in boots, things like that are sometimes overlooked as far as getting ready for hunting season. Um, And we definitely want our bodies to be in as good a shape as possible so that we're not hurting day two, day three, and we can actually enjoy these hunts that we may not get to go on all that often. So on top of that, we also want to talk about conditioning our dogs. It's been hot. It's been summer. And so it's easy for the dogs to just hang out in the house with us and sit on the couch, maybe do a little bit of swimming in the pond. But for the most part, they don't work as hard or train as hard in the off season as um, they might need to in preparation for hunting season. Again, Ethan guides and those dogs, you know, are working exceptionally hard, but still, if your dog has a pretty sedentary lifestyle uh, on the off season and maybe are carrying a few extra pounds, that's going to be a lot harder on them come hunting season from a joints standpoint, if they're overweight, um, as well as, hey, buddy, buddy, speaking of, speaking of, we'll talk about Nick's and his injury here in a little bit. Um, as well as the pads of their feet. We don't want them to have blisters and torn pads and things like that coming off of their day one or day two of hunting because then they're going to be lame, they're going to be hurting, and they're not going to be able to hunt as hard. Um, And dogs, um, especially high-drive dogs, don't necessarily know their own limits, and they are living life, getting out there, enjoying their time in the field, and they may push harder than they really should, And then the next day they're suffering, um, from that as far as like a recovery standpoint, they've got sore muscles, their pads are really sore, and then they aren't able to give their all. And that really takes a toll on them over a few day hunting trip. So I was, I was kind of focused there for a second. I just wanted to give you guys an idea. Kat said, I've been working my butt off just to put it in perspective, um, since the first of May, I got a an Apple Watch, which I'm not wearing the second because I'm charging. For his birthday. Yeah, I got it for me. And um, which my birthday is the 19th, but you give it to me early. Yeah, I I am the worst. Like if I get somebody a gift, it like burns a hole in my pocket. And I'm like, just, I want to give it to you the right away. The first that I clocked in May was the 5th. So since the 5th of May, I have ran... 92 miles, which is not an insane amount. It's not like he's running marathons, but. No, not every day or anything else, but um, 92 miles, okay? So when we talk about we're putting in the time, the miles, the things, when I started that, it hurt, folks. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating at all. It hurt. 
it was like a mile and it hurt. And then two miles and I was like, God, I think I'm going to die. And now I'm pushing up and I can run four, six, um, eight mile loops and feel pretty good at that. Averaging sub eight minute miles in that category. Now, not everybody has to do that, but it's all about building up, conditioning, your own endurance, your feet, your calves, your shins, your hamstrings, quads, all of the legs, all the things that are carrying you need to be built up to some of that stuff. Because if you guys win, which I'm totally expecting that somebody here is going to, um, we're going to walk probably six to eight miles a day, if not a little more up and down hills with stuff tripping you up. So you need to be prepared for that or you're going to hurt. That's it. You're just going to hurt afterward. And some folks uh, take that for granted a little bit. Uh, We got the first super chat coming in. Those again, guys, that's how you move your questions to be priority when we switch over to answering questions, super chats. So, um, but it's one of those things that the folks that don't do a little prep um, or a lot of prep, they hurt. And by day two or day three, they're hurting a lot. Okay. They're tired. And then they fall into that category of it's no longer a hundred percent safe anymore, right? You're, you're exhausted up here holding, you're exhausted from walking, you're focusing more on stumbling through the cover and then you're missing birds. All of the things slow down doing a little bit of prep starting now, you've still got a good month, month and a half before a lot of the big upland hunting stuff happens, maybe even two full months, depending on where you live. Um, so you've got time, a mile a day, a mile, five days a week is going to help a lot. Yeah. I ran into some, uh, shin splint issues a little bit. I had to listen to my body, take a little break, slow things down. I did some active recovery type stuff with stretching and different calisthenic things where I could stretch and move and keep things working. So anyhow, that's, that's it. So I'm trying to put some serious miles on. I hope to be north of, um, 120 plus going into that because now I'm into the category where it's not two miles, one and a half, two mile range. I'm running fours to fives kind of minimum, um, when we're running. So it's picking up a lot faster now. And then back onto the dog track. So not only from a stand of physical conditioning, but other things that having your dog ready for the season include whether you've got a puppy or a seasoned dog. Um, We've got a good mixture of that today. Yeah. If you've got a puppy, you definitely want to make sure that they have formal gunfire introduction, bird introduction, and a solid collar conditioning to recall. I would say those are the three like absolute must-haves before you take a dog out. I think we shot a video on this. You could search uh, Standing Stone Kennels uh, must-haves. Hunting season prep yeah, or Yeah, hunting season maybe. must-haves or pre-hunting season must-haves, something like that. And then it would be really nice as well if you've had an opportunity to take your dog out um, to see what they'll do on birds, to see if they've got some pointing instinct, to see if you can harness that. Um, and you can do that a number of ways, you know, whether you can plant birds or utilize electronic launchers. We love DT systems, bird launchers. If you were at our seminar last weekend, um, you will understand how awesome those are. Um, as well as if you have an opportunity to formally woe train your puppy, great. Um, and then your puppy should have, or it would be nice if your puppy had at least a natural retrieving desire so that you don't lose birds that you get, you know, shot out in the field. Yeah, and 
hundred percent retrieving is important, but you can go without them doing it. So don't feel like if your dog doesn't retrieve, you can't go hunting, but cats, I mean, it's a pain in the butt if you got a cripple and you don't have dogs helping with that. So developing good retrieving habits is, is important. We got, Hey buddy, Nix is super lovey right I now. need some love. Yeah. mama. And then if you've got an older dog, um, Getting them in for like a preseason tune-up is not a bad idea to get them out to stretch their legs a little bit, refresh some of the obedience, refresh some of the, you know, field manners. And it definitely depends on the level of, you know, prior training that your older dog has had. Uh, We have a dog in right now, Odette, that she has been here for previous training. She's a little Brock Francais. Absolutely love her. She's one of the Brock Francais that actually like made me love the breed. Such a sweet, cute personality. She came in for a preseason tune-up. Um, she's had a trained retrieve previously. And we're just going to polish that up again for her owners um, for like 30 days. And then she'll be ready to hit the fields hunting again. So uh, that's something that we offer for previous training clients. Absolutely. Um, and, and like Kat said, previous training clients only. So if it's your first time, stay here. You're looking for that. Our minimum is three months of training. But at once they've gone through the program, we do a lot of tune-ups for folks right up coming into the season. Um, and those can be, usually it's about 30 days is enough to get them. 30 days to six weeks typically is all it takes. Yeah. It depends depends how sloppy they've gotten, but, you know, we can tune them up. <laughs> you went there, not me. Um, thanks, guys. Again, I see a couple Super Chats coming in here. We will be getting to those once we get through this. And Super Chats are the priority for questions. So thank you guys for doing that. Um, it's what helps support the things like the, uh, $200 collar giveaway and some of that stuff that we're doing for y'all. So, um, just so you know where it's going. Okay. What else we got? Oh yeah. Okay. So now that we've kind of talked about hunting season prep, do you have anything else that you think that we need to add to that topic? I mean, the biggest thing is, it's, it's primarily the conditioning of you and conditioning of your dogs. Um, if it's a first season thing, like Kat said, the minimums, that's important. If it's second season or anything else, um, a lot of times, and this was brought up in the seminar itself, actually. No, when did he? No, it was just, I was talking to a buddy that came out. Okay. Um, I went, we went out to the field today and this was actually Thunder's first time. If you, any of you guys consistently watch you've seen thunder's videos and in thunder's video um we did a video back in like march april time frame of what he was like coming out of his first season and then guiding with a buddy of mine on a preserve so that preserve hunting stuff usually dogs get a little sloppier yet <clears throat> and it was kind of a disaster and you see me and i'm like pulling my hair out going ah what is going on here? So we get to see where he's at, what he needed. And then I've pretty much shown all of his progress coming through. <clears throat> Excuse me. Other than his actual trained retrieve. Trained retrieve. I didn't do all of that. We have a really, really good series for the full steps with legend and it, it gets to all of it. So, but yeah, you did an entire, well, you did one video that showed all the steps of woe training that we were able to accomplish yep. with thunder in one go. Cause he needed that bad. And then we did some videos showing his retrieving, um, marking abilities, improving. Yeah, we worked on that aspect of things. And that would yep. say that's one of his stronger points overall. He's got a lot of strong points, but that's one of his stronger points overall. 
He's got a lot of love for retrieving, a lot of love to work, which allows us to continue to challenge him on a regular basis. Yep, and then just tuned up some of those obedience behaviors that we like to have, uh, especially when Ethan's guiding and having those dogs under control around the truck, in and out of the field, um, healing, that sort of thing is really important. Uh, I see this here. This is interesting. Joseph, thanks for the comment. said we should send super chat funds to conservation organizations instead of giveaways. I don't dislike that idea. So to remove the double negatives, I like that idea. Um, the That's what sponsors are for. Um, sponsors are fantastic. They don't always help with everything, but we do get a little bit with that. But I, I cannot talk about that. That's a really good idea. If anybody has suggestions on specific organizations that are a little more inclusive than some of the, we're already really big supporters of Pheasants Forever, um, because that's pretty common in the area. We do youth events for our local chapter and we put on all kinds of stuff that way, as well as buy tables and whatever to support, um, the local chapter within Pheasants Forever. And all of that aspect of things is, um, is really important and it's what helps grow. So I'm with you completely. I love the idea. Um, Kat and I'll talk more about it. So thanks for throwing that comment in there. Uh, And then I would say, as I'm coming into, this is something that hasn't been talked yet. I probably don't fall into this category quite as much. I'm a decent shot, okay? Not by any means going to try out for the Olympic team. I would be like totally embarrassed on or just, it'd be bad, okay? But um, I'm a decent shot, but I shoot on a regular basis because I train every day. So I'm fairly used to shooting birds over dogs. And um, if you aren't or you are in the off season and you can spare a box or two, which I know ammo is going to be a little bit tough to find this year, uh, we're struggling just the same. I would say starting to do a little bit of shooting as well, just to kind of tune up. It's one of the number one things that I would say from a... A uh, minor pet peeve of mine is when people are like, oh, yeah, I haven't shot since last year. And it takes a good day or day and a half before people get on. It's like you see a lot of silly misses or worse than misses, crippling birds. And, we're, you know, it's it's not so much the having to look for and whatever. It's just the, the waste of game, right? I want to be um, a good sportsman and not that everybody or anybody is perfect, but taking high percentage shots, you should be able to make high percentage shots, not crippling birds all the time. Okay. So that's another, um, a really good thing here in the off season to be able to do moving forward. Um, got to train on the, on the gun. Like we train with our dogs. Absolutely. You got it. Um, Ginger goat hot sauce. Okay. I just got to, yes, I got to throw this in here. Right. Okay. So, um, this guy, gal collective, I'm not a hundred percent sure what exactly is behind the ginger goat hot sauce, but it's delicious. You sent sent some, yeah, you sent, um, a couple bottles down and I've put that on literally everything, but ice cream. I'm telling you right now, eggs, delicious. Uh, I even just hamburgers add, delicious hamburgers delicious added a little bit extra to some salsa to make the salsa worth a beep and delicious okay so if you guys haven't seen or see this 
Um, Ginger Goat Hot Sauce is not just a fun YouTube channel name or a fun YouTube tag there. It's actually, in fact, a hot sauce company, and the hot sauce is delicious. First-hand uh, experience can say, delicious. It's got some heat. It's got a little bit of, it was like, it was a little bit of a sweet kind of in there, um, but definitely really good flavor without just burn the entire inside of your mouth. So, um Two guys, a gal, and a GSP. Love it. Uh, it sounds like a really bad TV show. <laughs> or a really good TV show. <laughs> or or a really good TV show. Or a really good um, hot sauce company. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying right there. So I think um, late to the party, all the way from this. Did you take that up? I think Grandma's coming down here. Oh, do I don't know. Oh, grandma's coming down. We okay. got a baby that needs to eat. I'm warming up a bottle. <laughs> One other thing that I wanted to mention um, that I hear a lot about training in general, um, which I know it kind of goes hand in hand with hunt season prep, but I mean, that's what people are doing when they're sending us their dogs for training or when they're asking about sending dogs for training is Ultimately, they want those dogs to be able to be hunted in the season. So um, whether you're studying with a blank slate or an older dog for a tune-up, that's great. But people say, and this is pretty common verbiage and um, comments that we get is, well, I don't need my dog to be a champion. I don't need my dog to be, you know, this amazing dog. I just want to go hunting a few times a year. And I... I understand what you're saying, but I also want you to understand from a standpoint of training. It's not like, oh, well, um, I'm going to skip steps because you don't really need those steps because you don't want to champion. No, I'm, I still need to cover all the bases, go over all the groundwork to get your dog to the point where they can be taken hunting safely and, um, for the dog to not have a bad experience. And, That means that I have to go through the same steps as I go with most other dogs, you know, bird introduction, gun introduction, the obedience training, um, positive pigeons, pointing birds in the field, formal woe training, um, natural retrieving is typically all that we work on unless somebody has specific goals for a more polished retrieve, but still all of those things aren't necessarily to make your dog a champion. They're to make your dog a well-rounded, handleable bird dog that you're going to be happy and enjoy hunting with. Or people say, well, I only hunt a couple times a year, so I don't need them to be a champion or this, this awesome dog. Well, if you're only hunting a couple times a year, I almost think that that means that we need to do more mm-hmm. because we need that those behaviors to be very well conditioned. So it's kind of like, if you don't use it, you lose it. Well, especially with a young dog that hasn't had a season, if they're only going to get an opportunity to hunt once a year, we need to make sure that the rest of the groundwork is laid and very well conditioned so that it becomes almost second nature. Um, as well as then you're not busy trying to handle your dog constantly on your one hunt that you get to go on a year. You can actually enjoy that experience and your dog can get the most out of it, if that makes sense. So I just wanted to throw that little caveat in there because it's something that gets brought up pretty regularly in conversation about training and comments that we see, um, and in questions that we get, um, about, well, I don't need my dog to be this phenomenal bird dog or this champion, or, you know, I only go hunting 
a couple times a year. Well, we still have to do the same things to get them there. Yeah, and the big difference with that aspect of things is the the champion side of stuff. I'm going to say right now, you know, champion being a generic term for titled in some way, shape, or form, right? Um, the high levels of achievement in that titling game take way more than we would stop with a super well-rounded hunting dog. I mean, it's like here, here, here. Let's give you an example. Here. So here, um, and then over there on the other side of that wall, that's like the high levels of testing stuff, right? You can't even see the wall over there. That's what I'm getting at here. This is um, puppy way down. All right, this is bad. Uh, it's a lot, folks. And what we want is a dog that is easy to handle and an enjoyable part of an addition to the hunt. Not that one or two days that you go out a year or 10 days you go out a year, whatever, a pain in the butt that you're like, why did I even do this? You know, that's not what we want. We want it to be relaxing, we want it to be fun, and that's what it's supposed to be. Exactly. So I think that that kind of wraps up our hunting season prep topic, mm-hmm. and I really want to get into answering your guys' questions. So let's scroll up and get to some of these super chats first and then get into some of the other questions that have been popping up. So I think that was our first one from Kelly. From Kelly, Labor Day weekend NAVDA test, NA test, by what date should we stop training? Don't want to push. And that is really good question as well as a really good observation. A lot of people like to overdo it. And train right up to cram in. We got to do tracks this day. We got to do field this day. We got to do water this day. And then this day we got to put it all together into one day. And then tomorrow we're testing. Oh, and don't forget about the travel to get to the test. So that is a lot for a puppy. An NA test is all under 16 months of age. And that's a lot for those puppies to be able to focus on in a day. And if we've basically mentally and physically exhausted and taxed them all week long, they are not going to be fresh. They are not going to be focused and they may be burnt out and go, huh, I'm done with this. Um, so that's a really good observation. And every dog is a little bit different. Um, some dogs could probably handle that and train right up to test day, go and do phenomenally. And then there are some dogs that less is more. And if you've got, you know, a dog that you're very confident is going to swim and you've done a lot of field work and a lot of tracking, you know, do a short training session this coming or that week prior to the test and then call it good. Work on your obedience. That would be the number one thing that I would say might get overlooked is just go out for a little free run, work on some recall to work on that cooperation. Make sure your puppy's going to handle for you with the e-collar. Don't be like, well, I don't get to use the e-collar in the test. So I'm just going to start testing it and see if he's going to listen to me without it. Your puppy will learn very quickly when they do and do not have that collar on. And you're going to develop a collar smart and test smart dog prior to your test. And then you're going to have the potential of issues with turning their ears off and not listening when it comes time to listen in the field. So hopefully that kind of answered your question. Um, yeah, I think that the only other thing that you could say as far as a specific day, like Labor Day weekend, what is that actual date? Well, it, it's uh, 4th, 5th, 6th, I think, of September. Month, is that right? Yeah, 4th, 5th, 6th. 4th, 5th, 6th. So um, if it were me and I was testing on the 4th or 5th, um, let's say the 4th, 
typically the third's going to be a travel day. We're going to test on We're going to train on the second. We're going to do something. Even if it's just depending on the dog, it's going to be something. If it's like Kat was saying, lower key dog, it may not be much at all. Um, if it's a high powered, amped up, ramped up dog, we're going to run the crap out of them probably on the second and then give them the third as a rest day for travel and the fourth. And I would just shift that one day um, depending on what your actual test day is. So those are some specifics, but there's a lot of variance that it comes into that that is dependent on your specific dog. So And it is difficult because some people are like, well, my puppy isn't tracking super well. So I'm going to do a ton of tracking right up to the test and not work that much on the pointing yeah. aspect and field stuff. And then what happens is come test day, their puppy doesn't point anything because they've been tracking, 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 and catching pheasants. And then the pointing goes down the drain come test day. So it is also about, it is also about a balance. So making sure that you're not overdoing one to the detriment of another. So good question, Kelly. And good good luck at your test. Uh, Spurs and fur outdoors. Uh, Thank you for the super chat. Five month old GSP has been pointing birds from launchers. And has had a gunfire intro. When would you be ready to have birds shot over him? It's a great question, okay? And we just helped, was interviewed for an article that will be going out into something about the versatile dog. That's which, so specific. Yeah. So by all the magazines, just in case you happen to get this one article next month, the month after, who knows? Um, all I was getting at is that I've had some recent time to construct oh. this into very specific thought oh. path, and I will be happy to give you the cliff notes. All right. <laughs> so, um, and buy all the magazines, right? Cause they support the things like, uh, J- Joseph was recommending down there, which I, again, love the idea of this. We're going to talk, we're going to figure something out. Okay. We've talked about that before. And I think I have a better idea than even conservation, uh, organizations to utilize super chats for, and I'm just going to run it by the boss before I open my big mouth here on live action TV. Um, but what we typically do, so your timeline is going to be pointing birds naturally developed with electronic launchers. That's the way we do it because the electronic launcher you have control over. So you can say, Goodbye, bird, if the dog is doing things wrong, overpressuring. And what it allows you to do is develop a natural point. So how we work that specifically, as soon as the dog acknowledges scent, which um, Greg, and I'm going to pick on you a little bit here just because I don't know if you're still here. Speaking of still here, before we continue, we have the most viewers of the evening right now, which means that there's a bunch of folks that haven't heard tonight. Grab that little bad boy over there. We're doing a giveaway, okay? We're going to do something cool like this every evening. Um, of live, of Yawa. live Yawa. Not every single evening. Come on, we're not. Yeah, anyhow. Wrap 1400 camo edition. This collar is being given away. All right, you can move it now so we can... People want to see this beautiful hair over here. Um, We're giving this away and how you enter email at the top. Yawa giveaway at gmail.com. All you got to do is send an email subject, main text, just your name. And then we're doing a random number generator at the end. And we will be counting one through however many hundred people send in an email must be present. We'll come right back on once we pick live and say the winner is 
And then you say, how do I collect? Okay. So if you haven't and got your email, email you. yep. And the emails will do it the same every week, same email address, same thing. But the emails have to be time stamped in the correct window of during live. And then you have to be here live and you get picked live. Okay. That's how this is going to work, live. folks. All the live. Now, on to the question. We have dogs that acknowledge scent. Now, some dogs take a little while to acknowledge scent. It takes a minute, okay? Um, Greg saw that firsthand when he was out here at our seminar. We have a seminar coming up in September. Check it out. The His dog took a couple birds to actually smell what was happening out there. A lot of times dogs get visually oriented because that's a majority of their life. They're looking for things, not sniffing for things. So we have to kind of activate that, turn the old sniffer on in their brain, uh, and that's what we're doing out there as well as teach them what they're sniffing for, if that makes sense. Um, But once they acknowledge scent, bird pops up in the air. And we do that for their first loop around. We don't even give them an opportunity to, um, and by loop around, I mean two, three, four, five birds, depending on what you can set. On average for us, it's three to four. But no opportunities to point, launch the bird on acknowledgement, which essentially says to the dog, you screwed up. Be you busted more this bird. cautious. Be more cautious. Exactly. When you smell something like that, you need to back off. You need to slow up. You need to stop. Okay. Once we get that point, usually it's average dog, three to six birds. They're pointing consistently. Then we start building off it. I'm talking one to two seconds, then three to 10 seconds, then 10 to 15 seconds. Then when you're and pretty good at 10 seconds. being good at recognizing and reading your dog and anticipating their level of excitement so that you can still launch that bird prior to them That's ever key. moving. We want to get the bird in the air, allow them to chase as a reward for standing. A lot of people make the mistake of once the dog moves, they launch it. Oh, you screwed up again. Well, There's enough dogs out there that love birds in the chase that that becomes a fun game. Dogs get really sloppy. So we build natural standing by rewarding for standing and trying to anticipate. You read the dog's body language. Now, once you have a dog that'll stand that five to 10 seconds, you start yourself because I missed this step. The second your dog locks up, you stop moving. Any movement from you can be pressure if you're within any amount of reasonable distance of that dog. And if you're not, I will still, some dogs roll right out the gate and I see them and then they're a hundred yards away. And you still need to reward them properly. Send that bird up in the air, which again, key of having electronic launchers. We're developing natural things, allowing the dog to hunt in a range that I'm going to love ultimately. And it's, it's all of, it's all the things. Okay. So now we've stopped moving. We're building this time that the dog is standing. Once they get pretty good, you're feeling confident, 10, 15 seconds, that's a long time. Now, this may take one session. This may take 10 sessions. Depends on your dog. We start to move in. We don't walk right up the dog. This is my dog, right? We don't walk right up the dog's butt. We circle out, and then we kind of get to where, oh, they acknowledged us. They went, oh, hey, dad's coming. Uh, Boom, there goes the bird again. And then we move up to where we can get within gun range, Try and cross that barrier to where we're in front of the dog. And if you get to that point where you're consistently in gun range and you can cross up kind of in front of your dog, all natural steadiness, no handle, no nothing, put that bird in the air, shoot it. 
You've done your gunfire introduction. That's key here, right? You got to have a solid understanding of gunfire. And we incorporate additional gunfire conditioning throughout the pointing course. Birds are flying away. Dog did a good job. They're chasing. Here comes a pop of the blank pistol, even a shot of the shotgun. As the dog's actively chasing, you're watching, evaluating. Did the dog pay attention? Is the dog ignoring it? Okay. As long as you continue to move, you're confident about guns and you can get within reasonable gun range, 10, 15, 20 yards of that dog and launcher. When you put that bird up in the air, you start killing them. And then what you see when the birds start coming down, dogs start to lose a little bit of that. They go backwards. They get a little sloppier, a little jumpier because they're excited about what happens now. And that's when we pull them out and woe train them. Now, some dogs, this may take three to five sessions to get all the way through that. Okay. Other dogs, it may take three to five years. To, no, I'm just joking. But, but more time. But drastically more time. It depends on prey drive and natural pointing instinct. But that and is the And it depends the if there have been any prior steps that have maybe set a bad foundation. Bad timing will screw you up every time and it'll in this. take a long time mm-hmm. to fix it. Mm-hmm. So thank you for the super chat. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. It says here. From Max Mousu. Which I probably butchered that. I bet you're pretty close. Let's uh, let's uh, see if we can answer this for you here. It says I have nine pigeons and getting more would be hard. Oh yeah, I put a pause in there that didn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and read. What do you think would be the most efficient way to utilize them as far as lessons, reusing them at first, all the way to using them with live fire? Short answer for me. Okay, put those nine birds. In an appropriate living quarter for pigeons, allow them to reproduce for you because you're going to want more. You're going to want more. And you might be able to utilize a couple of them prior to that. Last silly answer. Go ahead. To actually do like your bird introduction, your gunfire introduction, which are very important things. Like we mentioned, prior to getting to go hunting with your dog, if you've had a bird introduction, gunfire introduction, and a solid recall, you can just go out and start hunting with your dog. So utilizing a few of those birds to actually get your bird and gunfire introduction taken care of, that would probably be a good use of those. Um, you can utilize a fresh killed bird if your dog has enough excitement for some of your um, gunfire introductions. We talked about that. I think you shot a video of that with Shock? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That showed utilizing a dead bird for that. So it can be a way to, you know, use your birds as efficiently as possible. Um, and then I don't know... These, I'm assuming, are not homing type of pigeons. They are just feral pigeons that aren't going to come back. So potentially utilizing them in the positive pigeon drill might not work for you because they're not going to come back and you're just throwing them away. You don't have enough of them. You don't have enough of them um, to be able to get through everything and then get out and point. So um, like Ethan said, honestly, getting them to reproduce, which how long would it take if you have males and females and they can get their business done to make more babies? Okay. So this time of year, it's going to be a struggle because you're on the tail end of the breeding season. They're going to stop as the weather starts changing, which here is on the schedule to be happening pretty quick. They're talking lows getting into the 60s and maybe even some 50s next week. Now, it doesn't mean that the heat's instantly going away, but it's starting to get colder. Um, So prime breeding is going to be February, March, April, May, depending on where you are located location-wise. 
So as far as getting a lot done with them the rest of this year, not going to happen. But you are looking at approximately from mating, it's about 10, 14, until you got birds. I mean, you're talking two and a half, almost three months before you got a pair of babies out of that that are flying around that could actually be utilized for something. So it takes some time. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you, if you can keep get, all nine you can of get them. Some done with the nine. Save that you them have. for next spring. Then you'll be rocking and rolling because they'll probably have two or three sets of babies each. Let's say you got two pair, maybe three or pair. You could just use up the nine that you have, buy some more homing pigeon stock from us. Yeah, or in the spring, I may actually have more kill pigeons. If you didn't know, we do have training birds available for sale on our store. I don't have any more right now. I'm struggling to get a few, but by that time, I'm sure that I'll have a line on something. In fact, I'm going to try and go to the old bird auction, which is animal auction. I think it's primarily birds. I don't know. On uh, Friday. Jess has been a few times. Yeah, we're going to go Friday, okay? So that'll be a video on the Guy with the Pink Guns channel. I am not sure what is going to happen there, but I heard that you can buy everything from um, uh, baby goats to... <gasps> Baby goats to rabbits to you better bring me home a goat, babe. I'm a goat. No, you're not. I want a baby goat or a goose. Okay, so long story short, uh, you brought it up, not me. Cat had some really good options for the nine pigeons. Uh, You are a little bit limited, but you get creative. You can get some stuff done. The other side of it would be, and we haven't mentioned yet. Um, our patrons, okay? There's, I know quite a few patrons on here tonight, so we want to start, uh, we want to stop here a second and say thank you. Thank you to the patrons. If you're not sure what we mean by that, patreon.com slash standingstonekennels is where you can not only reach out and get help from us directly, we answer these questions every single day, and we have tiers all the way from just basic messaging back and forth all the way up through weekly live training sessions where we get to work together. You got Kat or I sitting there watching what you are doing, giving you direct feedback on if that's right, if that's wrong. So if you're struggling with your training and you want a little extra help, patreon.com slash standing stone kennels is the way to do it. And that is the biggest sponsor for all of the content that we put out. Pays for the equipment, pays for the stuff that allows us to make extra time to be able to have time to shoot videos it pays for the editing, pays for all of the stuff, okay? 100% the biggest supporter of our YouTube extravaganza is, in fact, patrons. So thank you. Um, and that would be a good place, Max, to reach out if you have more questions. And I just wanted to mention this because I just thought of it while you were talking. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were asking also like how to potentially utilize those birds. And I mentioned utilizing the potential of a dead bird. If your puppy has enough drive for your gunfire oh, yeah. introduction, I, think I know where you're going with this, but don't use dead birds, plant them in the field and try and encourage your puppy or utilize them for pointing. Not where I thought you were going with this, but also very important. Okay, where did you think I was going? I thought you were just going to say make sure and freeze them so that you can reuse them on a, a time or two. You can't reuse them forever, but you can freeze and thaw yeah. and freeze and Because keep that thaw. in mind, too. The longer that you freeze and thaw and reuse and dog slobber and drool and munching yep. and yada, yada, that, uh, which if Ethan, Aiden had heard me, he'd be like, yada, 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 yada. I'm repeating, Daddy. I'm, I'm repeating. repeating. Yes, you are. Yes. Um, um, yes, you are. But you... 
want to get rid of those at some point because they get kind of icky and nasty and nobody wants yeah. to utilize them. A, a time or the two, as long as they stay pretty frozen, you can use them for a bit, but eventually they get meh, throw them away. Yes. So let's do the next question from what do we got here? Josiah Powell. Perfect. I just got a lab last week. What do you all recommend for making her have a softer bite? I'm assuming that means she's biting you, but maybe you're referring to like a softer mouth for retrieving. Joseph, we need some information here. Throw that in the comments. We'll look more for comments. It. We'll look for it so that yep. we can get a little what more. What are we biting? Info. How old is the dog? We want to answer this for you. And it may still be one of those things where we say, eh, this is a bigger conversation, but we're going to do our best here. To make some assumptions and answer your question. Somebody said, hey, listening to your podcast, getting all caught up about halfway there. Love the content. Thanks, Tim O. Oh, oh. Um, if you didn't know all of these that you miss, you have the ability to listen to wherever you listen to your pods, wherever your your pods are caught, your catchers of potters. Um, we, we throw the audio version of this up on... Um, it's on Apple Podcast and I think Spotify and I think all of the other ones. So if you listen to podcasts and you just have road time and want to listen, not watch, uh, check it out. Standing Stone Kennels. I saw somebody had asked, and I don't know where it was because you end up scrolling really fast. Um, oh, sorry. But somebody asked what gauge of shotgun you use right here. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Primarily, yes. Somebody already said on here, answered this one for y'all. Primarily 20, 20. Somebody else said, ah, he shoots a 20. Oh, he shoots a 20, I think. Um, so y'all know me pretty well. But um, 20, yes, I do shoot a 20 primarily. And that's because um, you don't need much more on a regular basis than that. And I shoot a lot, so it's easier on my body. Um, surprisingly enough, there is a fair amount of trauma from repeated shooting and it takes, um, small amounts of physical therapy as much as I do. Um, it does cause some shoulder pain and some different discomfort. So I do different exercises to continue to keep my body from getting beat up from that. But, um, switching from 12 to 20 helps a lot with that for me. The other side of it is I do have a 12 gauge and I do shoot that on occasion, um, primarily goose hunting because geese are big and the ammunition is subpar that you get to use to shoot at them. Steel. Or you, you know, you give away your firstborn child to afford things like tungsten or something like that. Okay. Um, but all of that being said, bigger gun works a little better for that. And then I did have my 12 gauge, um, customized so that it has a tube extension and holds 14 rounds. So a majority of, as soon as I can get ammo, I can't get ammo either. Um, as soon as I can get ammo, I'll be doing a few more exhibition style shooting things, showing how to do some under the, the underhanded. Did you say that would be on your pink gun channel? It will be on. I didn't say that. It'll be on the guy with the pink gun channel. Um, exhibition shooting stuff. I'm just waiting for ammo. I literally bought in preparation because I thought ammo was coming. Like, 20 cases of clay pigeons and Kev was like, why are we doing this? This seems stupid. I'm like, I'm going to use them all. And so and we still haven't gotten ammunition. So I haven't it's even sitting opened in our a garage. Box. Nope. I haven't even opened a box. So we've got a lot of clay pigeons to shoot. I want to answer that one. Which one? From smoke Eldora. Yawa question during HRC test. My, uh, GR Griff is overly HRC. It's probably a, 
Golden Retriever. Golden Retriever. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. We're retrieving. Is overly excited. Chirps, whines, in holding blind, and on the line. What is the best way to correct this? So, a couple of things. And one is sometimes noisiness can be genetic. 100% it is. But also it can be developed from rewarding your dog for noisiness and impatience. So working on building patience during some steadiness drills is really important through a lot of denials and basically not rewarding your dog to go make retrieves until they are sitting calmly and quietly. Um, we have a couple videos I think that kind of show that process. Um, trying to pull that up so I could tell. And also, um, one of the videos that we shot recently with Thunder and Maverick, um, we showed doing, um, a walk back drill. And extending this distance of this retrieve over a distance. uh, And I think we got up to like, how far did you end up getting? Well, the video that I did. That one. Yeah. The the video that I did most recently. Yeah. Is the the thumbnail looks like, I'm going to try and put this up here. It's going to be hard to see. Um, Too close. Back it up, back it up, back it up. It's pulling my eyes. That's the problem because it has eye focus. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. It literally did it, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Keep your eyes closed. I can't see what I'm doing. (laughs) I'll I'll direct you. This is silly. Okay. (laughs) Um, The video is called, This Drill Will Make Your Retriever Better. Which it will. Uh Um, So that was one that there was a little bit of noise, and somebody actually commented on that in the video. Uh, they did. They threw a comment on there and said, a dog like this doesn't deserve to make retrieves and should be shot. I don't think he said shot. Um, in fact, uh, oh, he might have actually Kate. said, yeah, he's, he's just. He's in that like witching hour. Witching hour. He's, Grandma's got he's him. Been but he's been fed. He's got all the things he needs. It's just a matter of settling down for bedtime. Once and he settles down, he sleeps. Yes, but he's not there yet. So. Not yet. So making your dog a better retriever. Okay, basically in that, we dealt with two dogs that showed overexcitement on the line, and I show how to work with, through that. So definitely be checking that out. But a lot of it is, like Kat said, denials and working through building patience by showing them. And I, I sit with him a long time. I'm like, he's still amped, still anticipating, still doing the things wrong. And we wait. We wait, we wait, we wait, we throw another mark, we wait, we throw another mark, and when he's a good boy, then he gets to go. And it doesn't take very many well-timed to bring down that chirping and that excitement level exponentially, okay? For those of you I just looked and saw here, um, we're up another uh, good chunk of folks, so the contest will be happening here. As soon as we get done answering questions, we have a few more Super Chats that bopped in, so we'll be hitting those up and then picking up extras as we go. Super Chats are the priority for question answering, but um, basically, we're giving away that wrapped 1400 collar. Get your entry in before we get done and do the drawing. Uh, send an email to yawagiveaway at gmail.com. We this pinned that comment to the top so that you've top. got that. We'll be doing the same email every week. We'll do a random name generator, and it's just in chronological order. We'll go, you were the 27th person to email us. 27 was the number picked. You win. You have to be here 
to win, okay? So next question that came up was a super chat again here. Find it, find it. I feel like. Where did it go? You, what, what is if happening? You cl- if you click that thingy. Yeah, but I feel like there was one before that. So here's this one, and I feel like there was one before. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Was there another one before that? Just- I don't think so. Yes. Go up, go up, go I'm up. I'm sorry, up. y'all. We missed some of those. It's Ethan's fault. It's not my fault. You kept, I was like, we need to move on to these. And you're like, oh, we want to answer this one. I wanted to. Scott Clark says, hey, from Ontario. Hey. hey I I can pull that. That one was an interesting one that I wanted to answer. You're fine. Okay, so I think. Just giving you static. Stoin Kirby. Uh-huh. I Let's don't see your question. So sometimes what happens is people will do a super chat and then their question is too long and then it doesn't actually post your question or your comment. So we will need you to actually comment it. If you could scroll down and see if he caught that that didn't happen. Not seeing it yet. Um, send it if you need to send it more than once if we're missing it. Okay. And we also have um, Josiah Powell. I thought it was Joseph. Maybe my eyes are that bad. Josiah. I'm sorry. Josiah said, I uh, was leaning more towards having uh, a, a softer, softer mouth. mouth. So for just basic for retrieve. So this is super chat from earlier about retrieving. Um, and then the, the true answer behind this is going to be, um, we find that balls and squeaky toys and soft things typically aid in the um, soft the hard mouth issues because they develop and encourage chewing and mouthing and rolling and mushing and all of these things that are hard mouth. Um, so the harder take away those things move into harder objects. And then that tends to soften them up because they'll carry things around. They get excited about that, but it's not as much fun to actually chew, crunch, roll, whatever. Stay out of, um, Stay out of the squeakers and tennis balls and other ball type things. Those develop really bad mouths. I'm still not seeing. There. Pronounced stone. Sorry. I thought it might be, but um, I wasn't 100% sure. So things to look for in a good training facility and things to look out for. So that's a really good question. Um, I love it. I would say not only does... The training facility, but also the trainers go hand in hand. Can I throw out a blanket statement for this that kind of sums it up? Okay. Not to cut it short, because I want to hear what you have to say. But the number one thing that I would say is the most important is to feel comfortable with the situation. The person, the place, whatever that is, you need to feel comfortable with it. So Yes, and definitely going with your gut in that situation um, is important. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that can't necessarily tour facilities and meet people face-to-face and in person before they're making that decision of where they're sending their dog. Um, You know, we get dogs in from all over the country. People travel from California, New York, Florida to bring us their dogs. And that might be the first time they actually get to meet us in person and see our facility. Sure. We have stuff on the internet that people get to kind of see us through, you know, our, our videos, but people put a lot of trust in what they see that way. And it's important that if, if I was in that situation in reverse, I was traveling from California out into the middle of Kansas to drop my dog off and I got there and I didn't feel comfortable with the situation. I would still 
turn around and go all the way back to California or Florida or wherever I said I was from. Yeah. But I wouldn't leave my dog there. So feeling comfortable definitely is really important. Um, and going with your gut. And then the other thing that I was going to say is, um, that it's not just the facility, it's the trainers and, or the team of trainers that you need to feel comfortable with. And, um, I like what you said there, team of trainers. Yes. And that's definitely what we have at our kennel. Why is it important though? So having a team of trainers is um, really beneficial and kind of a perk that we have because um, some dogs train differently. So it's nice to have different personalities to work with those different dogs, just like different dogs can have different personalities. Mm-hmm. People and trainers can have a little bit different um, touch as it will. And then also you can utilize um, good cop, bad cop a little bit. You know, some dogs are like, I don't really want to do my obedience. It's Some dogs get sour boring. toward people. You know, or towards like, people, they hold a grudge. Yeah, um, grudge and holders, so then, darn you. Yeah, that's the good cop, bad cop thing that I was talking about. So the dog's holding a grudge against the bad cop, and then the good cop can come in and rep the obedience that they've learned, but because it's a different person, the dog doesn't hold a grudge and is enjoying the process more. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are definitely some perks of the situation, as well as, Individual trainers and setups uh, may be an option, but it is not the ideal situation. Speaking from experience only, we used to run, this is your string, this is my string. We didn't have much crossover. Now, we've always had a little bit of a team because it was her and I to help with some of that, but it was primarily her dogs versus my dog type of thing, and that's how we went through the training process in the beginning. We could, or yeah. as, so we thought. You could go and do this while I was doing this, and we were always split up constantly for about the first five or six years that we were in business. Um, yeah, so continue. But. but also, everyone has experience to draw from, a new set of eyes. If one trainer is struggling with something or doesn't really know how to work through this situation with a dog another trainer can potentially say, Hey, I had a dog that similarly was struggling and I tried this, this, and this, and it worked. Or, um, you can come up with and brainstorm and kind of think outside the box because we don't have just like this cookie cutter program that, well, if this dog doesn't fit in this cookie cutter, well, it can't be trained. No, we try and come up with a modification to our training program to help your dog reach those same goals. Um, just, through maybe a different path. So that's a really good benefit. Makes that easy. And just having that level of communication, I think is also the last thing that I would say about finding a good facility and training program. Um, and trainers is especially if you're traveling from a long way away, you're not going to be able to pop out on the weekends and check on your dog if you're, you know, halfway across the country. So being able to have a way to get updates, get in contact with your um, trainers and make sure that your dog is progressing and doing well. So it's not a surprise at the end of their stay that you come out and pick them up. And it's like, wait, they're struggling with all these things. I thought that they would be further along. And then you get there and you're like, I have these expectations and my dog is definitely nowhere near finished. Um, or you get a update the last week before you're ready to go pick up your dog and you've made travel arrangements, time off requests, things like that. And then you're told, Oh, and by the way, your dog's not ready. Um, so those are things that I would definitely recommend feeling comfortable with the facility, with the trainers, having a good level of communication that they're easy to get a hold of, get in contact with. Um, and then 
ideally, if you can find a place that has, you know, definitely a clean facility that, you know, the health and the well-being of the dogs is a high number one priority. And then that team of trainers is definitely a perk. You could blanket ask, and I challenge you all to do this. If you are customers of ours and you stop in our facility and you do get to talk to any one of our employees, ask them what is the most important thing here at the building. And every single one of them, I guarantee you will give you the exact same answer. And that is the health and the well-being of the dogs here is the most important thing in this building, period. Because we drill that into their heads. Because they are not just dogs or tools or whatever. They are family members and you're trusting us with them. So the health and the well-being of the dogs is the most important thing that we have here. And if you can't find a facility that feels the same way, you shouldn't leave your dog there. That's all I'm saying. 100%. Lots of good trainers, lots of good places out there. Feel comfortable with where you're going. Great question. Yosemite, Yosemite Sam, Yosemite Sam? Yosemite Sam. Okay, come on now. Discipline, discipline every day. I don't know where the rest of the question is or what that is. Are you just asking, should you be working on maybe, maybe it's a language barrier-esque discipline or obedience work, maybe structure, things like that every day? I think that a little bit every day and then having realistic expectations every day should be um, an important part of things. Um, Conditioning those behaviors. Whatever the dog's doing, they're conditioning themselves. Going to be really. You're going the wrong way. I got to where we were. I was just seeing if he had maybe going. I'm guessing it's going to be below. If he had extra to say. Yosemite Sam, if you have more to say, because I'm not sure exactly how to answer your question. Your hands in the way. Sorry, sorry. You're right. Okay, I was just. Did you hear that? That does not come out very often. I'm going to say. Like, she all made a big, like, I said you're right. That happens a lot. That happens a lot because I screw up, okay? Eventually, I come around to the fact that, yeah, 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 you're right. Sometimes I'm more open to it than others. But rarely does she say, you're right. Okay, next one. Tanner Wolfenkohl. Wolfenkohl. We probably butchered that. You should probably put it in pronunciation. Sorry. We'll try again. We have a four 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 we have a female, four-year-old lab, and just received our DT systems 1820 from from standingstonesupply.com. Thank Thank you for for your business. business. Yeah, absolutely. Is there an echo in here? Echo, echo in here. Um, and started it in training sessions. She doesn't work with it on and when it's off she's got drive okay so she's shutting down when you put the e-collar on i'm guessing that's what that means right tanner that sounds what it means sounds like what it means um without Without the the collar collar. she's all game to train with it on she sits by my side and doesn't want to do anything okay so i'm guessing you started collar conditioning so these are making assumptions right let's see if we see anything else is there a way to train with being corrected versus what she wants to do uh-huh. There is. Yep. And it's Do through proper I don't. So it's through proper conditioning. Yep. Um, and this is a situation where getting our eyes on the situation would be very beneficial. That's the a video. best thing that we can offer to you. Now here we can say what it sounds like is not properly collar conditioned. And you're starting to move on before you've properly developed the baby. You're, you're running before you're walking, and we got to walk first. And in this case, if you're struggling with walking a little bit, which is basics of collar conditioning, you need to get through that first. 
um, that pouting, that quitting, that shutting down, that type of mentality. Some dogs are going to do that. It's just a personality type of thing. And what we need to do is work through and say, hey, you can do all of these things. It's fine. You condition. And once you get past that, no problems anymore. But if you allow it to fester or feed into it, it's going to get worse. And some dogs will be weirded out by the collar a little bit. So especially Mm -hmm. because you have already, well, we're making an assumption, but we're assuming that you've already tried to initially introduce the e-collar and it might not have gone as well. Um, that now she's like every time you put it on, just shutting down. And sometimes dogs will do that. Um, like the first time we put a belly collar on a dog, not necessarily using the belly collar, but they're like, Ooh, this feels different. This feels weird. I can't move. Watch what, when do, when do we show that belly collar usage? Any of the woe training videos. So if yeah. you're standing stone kennels, woe training, you'll see the usage of that belly collar and some different reactions. And so sometimes we will put the belly collar on very loosely and just throw some bumpers, get some movement, go for a free run, do something where the dog has to move, start feeling comfortable and ignoring that weird sensation of just having that belly collar around their waist. Then we'll cinch it up a little bit, a little bit tighter until it's in the proper fit and position. And then once we've got a comfortable movement, we can start utilizing the collar again. So that might be an option. Again, this is something that we probably are going to need to see more of to make any better headway. So patreon.com is a great place to reach out to us for that. Like the one thing that I can think of is like, we had a cat back in college. Yeah. Fang. Yeah. And we wanted to take yes, him. Yes, he was vicious. No, but he was completely black and he had super white teeth. So he had little fangs, but uh, it was hilarious because we wanted to take him camping and we wanted to take him outside and do all these things, rendezvousing actually. So we put a kitty cat harness on him because we're like, well, we're going to need this. He was like, I cannot move. And he like laid himself out flat and he would like not move for hours. If he had this harness on. Yeah, he would just lay there. I I will refuse to move. I mean, and cats definitely have different personalities than dogs. Not a working breed to be sure. But um, it just, that's the picture that came into my head when I was talking about weirding out the dogs with the collars. Reach out to us. We would love to help. It's something we can definitely work through, though. I guarantee you that. Uh, Chris Polkney. I hope I spelled that or pronounced that right because you guys spelled it right, I'm sure. <laughs> um, hey, guys, just a super chat to get some money. Headed to you. Been missing you. Thanks for the content. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And a big cheers to you, big buddy. We appreciate you watching and being a fan. Uh, we've got another one here from Sean. Says, I noticed the Gunner sponsorship. Are you switching from Rufflin Kennels to Gunner? See you soon Saturday to pick up the Alley Bullet Puppy. Um, cool. The Gunner sponsorship. Yeah, they were very gracious to work with us. And I'm going to tell you, Gunner and Rufflin Kennels are not in the same category. They're nothing alike. It's like comparing the difference between a car and a Super Duty pickup truck. Okay. Um, like a three quarter ton, one ton, something bigger, right? And that doesn't mean that one is better than the other, but they should be applied to used in Ethan's a fun suck. What did I earn fun suck category from? I don't know. All the things. Come on now. Don't be hating so hard. Um, But they're in completely different categories. So we utilize Rothland kennels in our kennel facility. 
They are awesome. They're lightweight. They clean up easy. They're durable. All of those things are fantastic. Um, we want something safer, and especially people that you know throw crates in the back of their truck um, or whatever. Rufflin is not the safest option out there. There are better things. They come at a cost, right? But small price to pay for the loved ones. But yeah, for um, their safety and well-being. I mean, hundred percent. Definitely at, need that. You just got to look at the stats, though. Okay, um, the tests that they do on those gunner kennels are absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous, and they show comparisons with other brands and other things out there. Um, they're expensive. First and foremost, they're expensive. Second most, they're heavy and they're big. It's because they're double wall insulated, which means keeping them cooler as well as extra protection. I saw a video a long time ago when they first came out and people were like, these are as dumb as Yeti coolers. And now lots of people have Yeti coolers as well as other companies have made off brands of Yeti coolers because they are an actual quality product that's beneficial. Um, Same thing with this. The guy was like, he shot it with his shotgun from 15 yards or something and it didn't penetrate all the way through the back of this kennel and I was like wow that's cool Uh, it's literally inside my truck so it's got to make it through the truck first (laughs) to get to the kennel but if it makes it through the truck like the windows open or something they'll be safe Um, but all of that being said it's durable it's heavy duty it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool unit and if you're looking for something more like Riding in the truck, you want something safe. Definitely, that would be more the direction that I would steer you. We have a video coming out. I am waiting for some newer kennels to be shipped to us. Um, uh, put in an order. They're back ordered. Can't get resin. Can't get stuff from Rufflin. I want to show a new kennel, not our worn out crappy kennels. Um, but then we have Dakota 283. We have a Rufflin. We have uh, Lucky, which we use those for a little bit. We have a Gunner kennel. We have, what are some other options we can demo? I mean, we could just do like one of those very crates. Clamshell crates from Tractor Supply. If that's what you got to buy, fantastic. But they're garbage in comparison to all the things I just listed. So they don't even fall into the same category. We're not even going to compare them. Um, and if anybody's got, there's like Orion, but that door's weird and it just like nylon strap buckles on there. Um, if there's anything else you want us to take a look into, I would be happy to pick one up so that we have it to add to the repertoire. Um, but we're going to compare all the crates and explain good things, bad things, what applications, all of that stuff. It's coming very soon to a YouTube channel near you. Our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel. And it was Wolf Cool. Well, that's a cool Wolf name. Cool. Yeah, Tanner Wolf Cool. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's a cool name. Way better than the way Ethan pronounced it. Wolf a cook. How did yeah. I even pronounce it? I don't know. It, it was bad. Reverse. No, watch it Don't over. watch it again. It was bad. Okay. Oh, here you go. Uh, try to super chat again, asking if it would need, uh, if I would need to redo the pen hip x-rays. I did them at 18 months instead of 24 months, AKC. Uh, my bank isn't liking multiple super chats. Wanted to lock my account. Oh, oh no. Um, Dang bank. So no, for pen hip, you don't have to do those at 24 months. You yeah. can do them as young as they 16, say 16 weeks. 16 weeks. And if you look at their studies, they did test 16 weeks through, I think nine years. And, um, 
the numbers didn't change until up until that upper eight, nine, ten year range where they started seeing some signs of degenerative joint disorder, DJD maybe DJD or osteoarthritis. They saw arthritis because the dog's old, right at this point. But um, the early stages, the numbers were exactly the same. Um, there's a very small selection of people that read those x-rays and give the ratings at, for a very long time. It was one person. And now I do believe it is two people. Now I'm not a hundred percent on that, but two people might be the only folks where OFA is read by a panel of veterinarians. Now they're knowledgeable, they're certified, they know what they're talking about, but it is subjective. Okay. So you can take the same x-rays, send them in, get a result. Take the same x-rays again, send them in, and I have seen firsthand you get a different result. Now, the flip side of that, you send x-rays in to PenHip, you get the same results. Because they're actually taking measurements. So it's an scientific number, measurable amount of the space, and they put it into an equation between the hip socket and the joint, and that's how they get their rating, um, whereas it is just a visual, like, I... and. Heck, it could even depend on the mood of the veterinarians that day. Like, I've had a crappy day. These hips look like crap. No, I'm just kidding. I'm but sure that, that, I mean, they're human. We're all human. Okay. We're all human. Now, all of that being said, um, I typically wait later. I don't do all of our dogs at 16 weeks. We typically wait, first of all, until the dog's proven something to us. But from that standpoint on, we want to see some level of maturity. So we're looking 12 to 18 month range. So closer to what you're at. Let's see a dog that has the ability um, to do the things and then we'll do hip testing and so on and so forth. So great question there. What else have we Chris, got here? Chris, and I, he said it was, we were close on how to pronounce it. It was Chris... Polchani. Polchani, not Polchani. Polchani or Pol- something. Polak, so. Polak, Polk, Sorry. Polkney is what I said. Polkney. Polchani. Got it. What? There was something else in here, wasn't there? Sean, we answered. We that, got that one. Fantastic. That's I, it. There. I think we got it. Okay. Okay. One last time, guys. This is your last chance to enter to win. The wrapped 1400 in camo. We've loved it. I do want to say thanks for everybody that's tuned in, been here so far. If you didn't know, and again, we're, we've just grown this entire time. It's one, if you look at this little fun, they give us a fun graph of the folks that are tuned in here and it has just continued to go like, whoop, thanks for tuning up and in. Up and thanks up. for watching. We appreciate the super chats. We appreciate the questions. We appreciate you being here with us. And now what we're going to do, Kat, do you have that random generator thing? I on do, here? but remind everyone how they enter. It'll give them a few extra seconds. Okay, you got a few extra seconds here. The email pinned to the top. You may be like, what is this email? Why is it here? Um, You want to send us an email in the subject line. Put your name just so it's easy for us to spot what's going on. You got to be present to win. And in the if it wants something in the bulk of the message, put your name again, okay? Or just say, hey, we love your stuff or we don't, but we want to win a caller, okay? Um, and then what we're going to do, random number generator. I'll do a quick count on how many emails we got. It'll be easy tonight. Um, cut, well, let's cut it off at 845. Oh, you did it. You dirty dog. What? Somebody super chatted us here. Oh. <laughs> Let me look at it real quick here. I'm not, I'm just teasing. Not you dirty dog. Appreciate it. It just says $5. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, 
unless they have a question. But get I the don't question see it. in there. I'm pulling up the email we're account right pull now. Pull up the emails and at eight forty five we're cutting off entries and that'll give us our number of emails. I got the email right here, babe. Oh, you do? I'm that good. Okay. So far we have hundred and sixteen emails. Heck yeah. In uno momento, we will be at Play a little, 845. Okay. Some of you probably remember when we got this little board and I did that every time because I thought it was really cool. Um, we haven't done I that mean, in a while. He, so. he is really cool. All right. And that's time. What's the total number? Hit a refresh one more time. We got a minute. It's eight forty-four. I'm sticking oh, to my 845. guns. Eight forty-five. Oh, oh, okay. Well, here, here. <laughs> okay. So, um, and somebody else asked, and I do want to point out that someone said, "When are the next lab videos?" Um, you're gonna have to hang tight. All right. We um, found. Uh, Clutch is forever home. Sorry, I lost it for a second there. Clutch is forever home. I don't have a retriever currently to do retriever videos, but what I do recommend that you do, jump on over, hit up Bob at Lone Duck, okay? Bob at Lone Duck, and that email needs to be sent to us. It's not an email just here. Yep. Email sent to us. Uh, you're at out of time. Yawa giveaway. Yep. Oh, here's the question. Do y'all allow people to come and train or just watch training with y'all? Um, we do have training seminars. That is the best way to do it. We have one coming up September 18th and 19th. You can sign up on standingstonesupply.com. And in the search, you can put seminar and it'll come up and you can sign up for that. And that allows you to come out if you want to just be an observer. You can come out with your dog. All of the options. You can come out with a friend, all the things. Yep, as well as we have dogs that come in for training here to board and stay, minimum of three months of training. And then we also do consults where you'd come out for a one-hour consult with us to work on specific things with your puppy. Um, but that is pretty much what we offer here on site. Mm-hmm. And then we do have our online dog training community on Patreon that allows you to interact with us, send us videos of training sessions. We can do live chats, um, phone calls, that sort of thing. So more super chats that just say, thank you. And no questions from Yosemite Sam. Okay. Appreciate you guys. I really do. Um, it means a lot to us to, to see the support coming through there. What do we got? We have 131 people. I have a random. So we we're calling it quits right here. We're going one through 131. We have 131. I have a random number generator pulled up as well. Oh, and Yosemite Sam asked a quick question. I'll answer this. It says, uh, is one year, four months old, no birds yet because you have a shortage. Um, you're definitely not too too late to train. I don't know where you're at. <laughs> I'm, I'm 15. I'm 16. Whatever this means. Where is it? Do it. It's not going to show up there. It keeps. Get it. There you oh, go. 69. 69. So, sorry. That's funny, honey. I know. I know. You I'm got like, all giggly over there. She's like, I'm a little teenager. That's funny. Yeah. Um, seminars are a fantastic opportunity. Um, Yosemite Sam, well, Kat's counting through emails, and it is chronological order. First email to number 69. That's what you're looking for, hon. We'll get a name here. Must I be present count. to win. Well, 
I'm just saying chronological. Yep, from uh, the bottom uh, up. Yep. And it says, I'm saying it's not too late, Yosemite Sam. Not too late at all. Um, all you need to be doing, though, is getting on it and having quality exposure soonish. I don't know where you're at, but our um, our training seminar in September that we just mentioned would be a fantastic option. Otherwise, on Patreon, um, reach out to us. Send me a message. I can probably help you get some birds. It just depends on where you're at, okay? Uh, on Patreon, send me a message. We will get you figured out somehow, or I'll know somebody in your area, something, something. As long as you're within the lower 48, we can probably make something work. If you're not in this country, I don't know how to help you with that exactly, but I will look forward to critically thinking. Crap. I should have just logged in here on the computer. This would have been way easier. No, I, I know where I'm at. I know where I'm at. There's all add another account here. All right, let's see here. It is got it. All right, what do we got? Christy Lent. Christy Lent, are you here? Uh, we're gonna give you do, 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 sixty do. seconds. A, a comment should come through. Christy Lent. I'm gonna say it again. Christy Lent. Uh, Christy Lent. Does it say the email address? I mean. I'm not going to, I don't really want to give out people's email addresses on Christy a thing. Lent. <laughs> no, I'm with you. You're smarter than I am. Christy Lent. Ooh, I am. I don't say that um, less than once or twice a day. Christy Lent, are you still with us yet? Uh, Christy Lent, I'm going to go 8.50 here. So another 60 seconds, and we're going to pick somebody new. Christy Lent. 55, 56, 58, 60. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Christy Lent! Congratulations, Christy. I'm going to go ahead and, go ahead and just send you a reply, yep. and then you can please send me your shipping information so that we can get you out your e-collar. That's fantastic. We really appreciate everybody. Uh, tuning in with us tonight. I hope that you enjoyed this. Uh, we still love doing this with y'all. We want to continue to do stuff like this. We'll talk about some of the suggestions as far as... And on. remember, next month's Yawa, which we haven't decided on a date because September gets a little crazy, but we will, we will be announcing it. Yep. And we're going to be giving away our med kit, which is just in time for hunting season, which we talked about all the hunt season prep, all of your guys' exciting places you're going to be going hunting. And this would be a great thing for you to have. If you want to um, see what's in that, check out standingstonesupply.com and then search MedKit in there. It's in the training section or the hunting section, all of the things you can find it there. Um, without, we've had a blast. I just want to say I've missed this. Um, I, this is going to fit better with our schedule to do this and be able to spend. And honestly, I mean, y'all, it probably fits with y'all's schedule better. Um, we appreciate you. Have a nice night, everyone. And I'm the guy with the pink gun. I'm Cat the dog trainer. I just saw that Scott, ah, Scott? Scott's here. Heck He's yeah. Right enjoying here, big some dog. red cabin with you. Thank you very much. Uh, it's delicious. Well, I, I'm out of my mojito. Uh-huh. Very much so. Uh, more Yawas. We will be doing it once a month. If we get in a better schedule in the slower downtime, we'll try and work in with you some Probably more. not until after Ethan's back from guiding, though. Right now, once a Let's month, be we're going to be able to do it. Okay. Uh, we appreciate y'all. The guy with the pink gun. Cat the dog trainer. We will see you in the next video.
Goodbye.